Undeniable Johnny Goldsmith, J.U. Wrestle Talk, and TWG1991 require your undivided attention for however long this takes. Welcome to Snapbacks and Beards. Your discretion is advised. Hello again and welcome to another episode of Snapbacks and Beards. It's that time of week again and it's a little bit later than usual but we'll get we'll get there. It's fine. I of course am Johnny Goldsmith from TikTok as are my two uh, co-hosts from the wonderful world of Wrestle Talk as well. We have TWG1991. Stu Matos, how are you, sir? I'm I'm very well, Johnny. How are you doing? I'm good. Yes, very good. And also joined by JE Wrestle Talk, Johnny, also in a new location. So how are you feeling? I'm good. I am good. Yeah, in a new location. It's not going to look like this forever, but we'll get there. But um, yeah, I am just need to get it all set up. But yeah, I'm good. How are you? Yeah, they're not too bad. Um, so we do have a lot to get through, actually, today, because we started recording this on a Thursday. So a couple of things has happened during the week, which we can talk about today. And one of them is a historical making moment, which we'll get to. You know, chronologically, it makes sense to talk about it later on. But yeah, I think you know where I'm going with that. So first of all, let's go all the way back to payback, which felt like a while ago now. Um, I think it's five days ago. And that's a long time in wrestling. Mm. So, yes, and um, it was a good show. So overall, before we get to the matches, overall, did we enjoy the show? Absolutely, I thought it was a really good show for a for not a big four, big five pay per view. I I thought it was really good. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, Johnny. Uh, yeah, for I I don't want to call like I don't want to call it a B list pay per view, but for one that's not a a big four or five, yeah. I, I really liked it. I thought they um so when they give the wrestlers time and they don't fully stack the card and they all get 15, 20 minutes, the matches are great. So yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Oh good. Well, I think the first match could be potentially the last match of someone, uh, Trish Stratus, of course, in the steel cage against Becky Lynch. Um, 20 minutes, I believe, and anyone who doubts if Trish can go with the girls of today, maybe this match has changed their minds on that. Uh, Johnny, what do you think of this cage match? This was so good. I thought, as I said in the previous podcast, I thought that this was going to end with a bit of a screwy finish. Maybe Trish was going to get it and they'll go one more time in Hell in a Cell or something. It's absolutely not needed. It's done now, but this match was incredible trish took spots like the when she was limp over the top of the cage and she took that superplex all the way down the bump she took to her head i did i didn't even notice the bump i was that excited in the match i didn't even notice the bump she had on her head until i watched the match a second time uh yeah mm. this match was phenomenal up there as match of the night and i'm hearing talks of a, a match of the year contender and i can see exactly why i thought it was great yeah, Stu, what do we think? Yeah, ab- absolutely. And I, you know, I've said before, I was kind of one of those people that thought uh, Trish could still go, but things needed to be a bit slower for her, and she needed to find her step and and all that stuff. But this match just blew that apart completely. It was everything it needed to needed to be, and I'm. I think there's probably one feud, one feud left for Trish. Um, 
And I think she probably does put Zoe Stark over on her way out. That's what I'd like to yeah, say anyway. I'll, yeah, I was going to say, do you think that um, Trish will have that match? Because obviously we saw the thing where, you know, Zoe decided she's no longer needing her. But that kind of happened with Shayna, and obviously Ronda just disappeared. Do you think Trish will actually have a storyline then? Going into I'd, up, I'd, uh, like, I'd like to see one. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd like to see one just because I think that it just makes a little bit more sense then. And, you know, mm. rather than just ending abruptly and Zoe moving into whatever they're going to do with her next, it, it gives her something to do. And get, I mean, she is still very, very new to the roster, isn't she? So having yes. that exposure with Trish and matches with Trish, I think would be a big indicator on where she can go moving forward. Yeah, definitely. Johnny, what do you think? Are we um, expecting the Zoe Stark-Trish match? I, I think we kind of have to. I don't think the last thing we can... Well, it might end up being the last thing we see further down the line is Trish taking a Z360 and then being on her way. Um, but yeah, I think <laughs> I think she does need to have this feud on, on her way out the door. Uh, she can put Zoe over, set Zoe up to be the star we all know she's going to be and as I've said before, built right. She's a genuine challenger for Rhea. So, uh, and I think we need more women like that on the roster. So, but I do think we see Trish uh, maybe till the end of the year, Mania forty, maybe at a push. If yeah, she still Mania wants always. Yeah, WrestleMania always seems to be the uh, best place to do it. Um, there's no shows in Canada that I can think of coming up, so that's that would have been perfect for her. But obviously. Can't recall one happening there. Maybe Elimination Chamber if it does again like it did last year, but mm-hmm. I'm not sure. So WrestleMania is always the best place. Um, but that was a great match. Were we both sports entertained? Absolutely. 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 Okay. And where does, where does it rank for like women's matches for you? Because I know women's matches have been a lot better in the last few years. Do we look at that as one of the best ones they've done? has to be i think um i guess it's always sorry i was just going to say of 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 recent times the only one that i can think that might be better was sasha bailey in in helena cell uh i thought that was great but Mm -hmm. um yeah this is definitely up there for me of recent times yeah i i was Mm going to say i think I think there's sometimes, not just this match, but sometimes quite a few matches fall into that sort of recency bias where you're like, okay, that's the most recent one I've seen. That's definitely better than anything we've seen, seen before. Um, mm-hmm. But there, there aren't too many matches that jump out at me straight away that, that I would rank uh, around the same, the same level. I, I'd need to go away and have a think about it. And if I need to do that, then it, you know, that must be one that is, is up there. Yeah. These gimmick matches as well stand out more usually. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll move on to the United States championship match, Rey Mysterio against Austin Theory. And I think we all went for Rey here and we're all two for two by this point. Rey Mysterio does get the win. Um, What's next? I mean, I guess it's Santos Escobar, but um, what did we think of this match, first of all, uh, Stu? Um, 
so out of pro- probably out of all of the matches this was the one where i was like okay cool yeah that could have been on smackdown um but that's not to say this wasn't you know this this was a, this match was fine um i just think it was probably a bit predictable about where it was going to go and yeah i i think it was just a case of theory needed a rematch ray needed another Nate needed a win to just to, to carry on being champion and holding that for a, a little bit longer so that you know when he eventually does lose it probably to escobar they can be like yeah you know ray's been champion for five months or whatever and you know but you know it got from a to b it wasn't awful it just you know if they had had maybe the ic title match instead of this and had this on smackdown i wouldn't have you know it would i wouldn't have missed not having this match on the card Mm -hmm. johnny what do we think uh yeah i kind of uh well not kind of i i agree with Stu fully um it was no. It was by no means an awful match, but just because all the match other matches were better on the night, this has to be the worst match of the night. But it wasn't wasn't an awful match by any means. But it definitely could have been a, a SmackDown one. I know Triple H said that he didn't add the IC title one on because he didn't want to stack the card. But exactly as Stu said, I would have swapped these two out and had the IC match on on uh, Payback and the yeah. US title match on SmackDown. But yeah, I guess we. Again, as I'm just stealing Stu's words now. Again, we we just wait for Escobar <laughs> to do what he's going to do, and then we'll get that. I completely agree. There's nothing, but I completely yeah. agree with what Stu's saying. Yeah, I mean, I, I look at that match, and the obvious thing for Rey Mysterio is Santos Escobar. Um, but where's the uh, where's the next chapter for Austin Theory? Because before you, uh, before I ask the question, like I just. Noticed them, to, uh, him and uh, Grayson Waller together backstage um, on SmackDown, and I looked at that and I thought, you know, that is a fantastic tag team already. Um, do we see maybe him going into the tag team uh, side of things now because he does need a change of direction? I think it could definitely help them both swim mm. if they. I think for theory now it's sink or swim time. Uh, Waller just seems to be doing the Grayson Waller effect week after week with people, uh, so much so that he's actually getting it on payback. But um, it's it's swim time for both of them, and I think they could help each other in the tag team. So I think it needs to happen, and I'd I'd be cool to see it as well. You yeah. would just love to hate them. Yes, yeah. Anything, Stu? Yeah, no. I, it's my turn to completely agree with with Jay. Now I think, like you say, they're <laughs> they're just gonna, you know. Wallowed some more, some more matches. When he's had a match, it's been decent, but he hasn't had enough of them. And I think, yeah, theory needs a little bit of a, a little bit of a change up from from his current character and what he's doing now. Mm-hmm. And I think that they could have an actual team name as well. I'm not sure where I would go with that, but I do think it doesn't feel like a randomly put together team. I think you could really make that work as a, um, a real decent tag team long-term as well. Um, They'll they'll call themselves something like the Pretty Boys or something, won't they? Or like... Uh, Yeah, some Pretty (laughs) Deadly returns and have a match against them. Yeah, to keep the pretty name. Well, actually, funny you say that because they... um, 
WWE trademarked the name The Gruesome Twosome, didn't they? Which I was just thought, thinking that, yeah. Which mm. we thought would be for Pretty Deadly, but could it be for these two? Uh, I mean, it's if Vince McMahon was right in the show, yes. <laughs> yes. But I just like, <laughs> if they're cool with that, which, I mean, if they're on TV and, you know, they've got a team name, I'm sure they'd be all right with it. But it's just, as soon as you see that, you're just like, right, who's who's going to have that then? Um, and pretty deadly, I mean, could come back repackaged, I suppose, but I don't know how long Kit Wilson's injured for. No, I don't. Is he meant to be long term yeah. or? Oh, I don't think it was long term. Yeah. I can't even remember what he's done now. Is it like a shoulder or did he dislocate his shoulder or, or something along it was, those it was lines? A or... It was a shoulder injury, wasn't it? But I can't think what it, mm. what it actually was. Um, okay. See if I can do some on-the-spot research. Yeah, well, I'm already a fan of Chris and Walter and Austin Theory together. That to me, just like yeah, a new favorite team, right there. Mm. Yeah, like I say, you you would just love to hate them. <laughs> yes, yeah. They would just be coming out and you'd be like, oh, these pricks again. <laughs> That's exactly what we want. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Austin Theory needs to steer heel. Like he is just such a good heel character. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. Like. He could probably turn baby face, but I, I don't see that working for him because he just he's just got that face you just want to see smashed. <laughs> he's got the face that you want to smash. Yes, he does, yeah. yeah. I'm just waiting for Stu's uh, information on this injury. Yeah. yeah, I'm trying Breaking to have a, little, have a look. <laughs> uh, a separated shoulder? Okay, yeah, okay. separated shoulder, but I don't. Um, I don't think it could be. Doesn't say. Be only a couple of months. That should be. Um, it should be out. Be yeah, back before it, the end of the year, I'd imagine. It was, it was in July that he got injured. So. Yeah, it was the smackdown of uh, Money in the Bank, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, a very good, uh, very good little team in the wait. In the wait, and I hope. Uh, but as, as far as if he was to go uh, solo career, um, who could be? Austin Theory's next opponent. Is there any signs of anyone that he's been teasing anything with? Or I mean, him him and LA Knight would probably put on a decent display. Yeah, I they guess. would. The guy who is now yeah. considered apparently the top movie first on SmackDown. So that really wow. is um shows you where they feature him now, how much they think of him. And speaking of LA Knight, let's go to his match then. LA Knight versus the Miz. Not only that. But guest host for Payback, John Cena, is now the special guest referee for this match. And that alone added just an extra layer to this match, which was, I think, very good. But having Cena there as well just made it that much more special. Um, so, oh, first of all, were we sports entertained by the uh, United States title match? Uh. It was yes. It was a decent match. It yeah. was, just wasn't the best of the night. Yeah, I'd I'd, I'd I'd go the same. Yeah, you know, like we say, it was it, it wasn't an awful match. It's just when you compare it to every other match, it 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 wasn't as good. But that doesn't mean it wasn't a good match in its own right. Yes, but yeah, as I say, the yellow night match, the Miz, John Cena is a special guest referee. How did we find this one, Johnny? Um, was Cena the referee? I couldn't see him. 
Could not see <laughs> Man on the Invisible Top. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I really enjoyed this match. Uh, I really hope... I, now, I know we'll get to something later where it looks like The Miz could possibly be going down the Cena route again. I hope that doesn't happen. I really want to see more of The Miz and LA Knight because, one, their promos together are absolute fire. They work so... I didn't know that it would be this case, but they work so well together in the ring as well. Uh, they really sort of bounce off each other. I guess they're kind of like the same person, kind of. They've just come from different ways to to get to where they are. But yeah, I absolutely love this match. I thought it was great. Great. What do we think, Stu? Yeah, no, uh, agreed. Um, I I actually would probably rather see another LA Knight mismatch than probably see LA Knight Cena. I, I think I think they will go down that route at some point, mm. but I'd I'd probably I'd be tempted to wait it out and get another match between LA Knight and 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 the Miz. Um, I think you know they teased ever so slightly a little bit of something between Cena and LA Knight. Um, I just think the difficulty with uh, with Cena and LA Knight, and obviously you said it, John, is their viewing. LA Knight as the top baby face on on SmackDown now. And I just don't think I don't know, that sort of face face dynamic and the promos between say Cena and LA Knight would be really good, but I think they'd fall a little bit flat because I just don't think you're gonna get the same reaction as when you have a LA Knight, you know, giving giving like the, the same sort of promos as he's been given against the Miz, if that makes sense. Cause I just, yep. yeah, I yeah. think it works better. I think the, um, the match was very good. I think if you look at a, a standard good WWE style match, that really was what I felt from that. I was watching this thing and this is like a match from the nineties kind of classic WWF style match. Um, because they both have that style where they don't do flippy shit, they don't get injured. Very, very similar wrestlers, actually. And I think that's why this works so well, because they are very similar in their style and the way they do the promos. Um, and I think they very much focus on the entertainment side of wrestling rather than the actual, you know, athletic side. And that's why you probably, um, it's a pleasant, you know, it's refreshing, I think, to see a match like this we haven't seen in a while. Sometimes there is nothing better than seeing your whip, uh, Irish whipping your opponent into the ropes and then when they fall down, just giving them a couple of stomps for good measure. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> that's all you need. And then, of course, we see uh, at the end of the match, Cena does, um, you know, hold Ellie Knight's hand up. You know, he does the whole, like, cheer for this guy. And there was a bit of tension during the match where it was like Cena and him looked like they were gonna, he was going to, like, attack Cena or something. But... As you mentioned, they're both baby faces, so I don't know how they would do that. Cena could just be that he would like to have a match with them just to say, well, you know, I want to see what you're all about. You know, you've had this massive reaction. Let me actually have a try and see what you're capable of. Something like that, you know, and Cena, and then he can see how he works in the ring, and Cena's advice would be like, well, this guy's very good, or he needs this to improve, because Cena knows what he's talking about, and I think it mm -hmm. could be like, we have experiment to see just how good he is against, well, the best. 
I, I um, didn't think Cena needed to take his top off at the end, though. If I'm honest, I don't really understand what the what the need for that was. Yeah, I suppose he needs to cut his hair. That's what he needs to do. If I <laughs> if I look like Cena, I'd never wear a t-shirt. So I guess that probably was the <laughs> what's the need for it. But it just it just seemed really bizarre. If I'm honest, like you know. Yeah, I, I yeah, I love it. I guess he just wanted uh, to take his top off and maybe get get a "You've still got it" chant. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I guess he probably still kind of does, but we'll see. Oh yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I, yeah, I think he still can put on a great match. I, as you mentioned there about the Miz, well, since we're on the subject of Cena, um, I don't want him to see the uh, Miz and Cena again. As you said, we've no. had three times. Um, where we've had the Miz and seen it in a rivalry. Yes, it works well together, but it's like, okay, so you've got this opportunity, seven weeks where John Cena, at least seven weeks, where he's free to fight somebody totally different, and you give him the Miz again. Like, come on, there's there's, there's a lot more you can do here. Yeah, yeah, yeah um, definitely. Yeah, so were we sports entertained by this match? Very much. So. Absolutely. Good, that's what I like to hear. Yeah, it was... Very, very good. Uh, certainly uh, one of my uh, underdogs for the favourite match of the night, I think. But my favourite match of the night is the street fight between the Judgment Day and Keo and Sami Zayn. And um, before we talk about the match, nobody seemed to predict this, but we have new tag team champions, and it's definitely well-deserved. I mean, there's no doubt about it, but I think we were just like, oh, they won't do that yet. But now here we are. We have new tag team champions, Finn Balor and Damian Priest. And uh, what do we make of this match? Uh, this, this, yeah, man, this was awesome. This was so good. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I am glad that, and we were we were sort of talking uh, whilst we were watching watching payback, and and I think I sort of said it. I, I'm I'm glad that they pulled the trigger because obviously with this being a street fight and there being no rules and all that sort of stuff it should have quite easily turned into a four, five on two. There's no way with no rules, the judgment day should not have won this match, but we've seen countless times before, you know, WWE do that sort of thing. And then the baby faces get the, get the win um, and overcome the odds. And it just continuously makes what is supposed to be the most dominant faction. Well, either in the company, but at the very least on raw, look really silly um so i'm glad that they they did the sensible thing um i enjoyed the ridiculousness of ko and sammy getting thrown out into the crowd and then in a hockey fight like that was just really funny um yeah that was great i i'm the one thing the the one not disappointment that's the wrong word the one worry i would have and you know obviously i'm not a athlete or sports entertainer or anything in any way shape or form um that's not the first time i've seen ko either under under rotate over rotate or slightly misses mark with the scent with a scent on and if that is becoming a slight issue don't do it off a like off a balcony onto concrete because that could have gone a lot worse than than what it did and i just wouldn't want you know ko to miss 
God knows how long of his career or worse, because he's trying to keep doing this same move that he's not quite hitting how he has done before, if that makes sense. Um, but that, you know, doesn't take anything away from from the match it's, itself. And obviously, you know, Rhea doing the business at the end to take out KO was always a always a welcome sight. Dressed like China. Just like China. Yeah, yeah, she had the China gear on. And I noticed she paid homage, didn't she? Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what do we think? I mean, I think I know she, the answer. <laughs> she um she uh she likes um taking out KO, doesn't she? That's not the first time she's done that. Course, yeah. Um yeah, firstly, just to uh, sort of echo Stu's words, um Kevin Owens just has no regard for his well being whatsoever. He is no. genuinely a crazy man. Um it was awesome to see, but mm. it could have gone so wrong. It could have gone so wrong. Um, the match itself, though, uh, I know you were saying, Johnny, about the um, LA Nightmares match giving you sort of WWF old school vibes. This is what gave me the nostalgia hit and took me mm-hmm. right yes. back to when they used to go backstage and smash their heads into like the popcorn machine, the guy that was bending yeah. outside doing the popcorn and stuff like that. This was, yeah, amazing. I loved everything about this match. The right team deserved to win. Um, but like Stu said as well, there's no way that five people don't get involved when there's when there's no rules and sammy did say as well on didn't he on raw um it's it took all of you to do it but uh mm. yeah dirty dom um he had a busy night didn't he um he was uh, very much so yeah he was uh taking a uh, damage control left right and center but um yeah i love this match there was not a th- apart from there could have been something wrong with it had ko been a few like maybe not even a foot further forward um but yeah i love this match i thought it was great it was so good so so good yeah absolutely again my match of the night i've always oh, yeah, loved street I, fight yeah. sorry yeah this was yeah. my match of the night as soon as you say street fight i'm like oh this is going to be good like every time you know i just enjoy these gimmick matches i think i enjoy this more than if it was a one-on-one tag like a you know a standard tag team match i'm like oh, i mean yeah but no, this is what it's all about for me. Like wonderful stuff. Um both sports entertained, I imagine. Absolutely. No, absolutely not. Absolutely <laughs> not. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and again, Judgment Day now have all the gold. Well, not all the gold, but they all have pieces of gold themselves. And that's something which um, they all talk about taking over WWE. And they can start to really stake that claim. They haven't got a world championship in amongst their ranks yet. But they have a championship each. Yes, they have. Then... Whoa, 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 whoa. Yes, they've, they not got, they've, they've not got a male world uh, championship the male world in championship. their ranks. Yes, yes, they do. <laughs> They're the very first <laughs> ever world heavyweight champion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that, uh, listeners. Yes, of course. <laughs> Women's world heavyweight championship. Um, and she has the historical making thing of being the first and only so far. So that's always uh, a little... Uh, Things you can always say that she was the very first ever women's world heavyweight champion as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I like before, the. Um, yeah. Sorry, I was going to say I like the fact as well that they have a um, a championship from each category. So they've got a world title, a mid mid card title, and the tag titles. I think that that's sort of mm. really well done as well. Mm. I really like that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and Dirty Dom, I'll argue, is the best North American champion of all time. I will actually. 
stay on that hill because I know that he hasn't been champion for long. I know I've had Adam Cole, Johnny Gargano, and all these people, but Dominic Mysterio just, I don't know, adds some kind of importance to that title more than I've ever seen. And I'm not sure why. I th- well, I, th- I guess it's because he's got Rhea Ripley, but, you know. <laughs> I, think, I think seeing it on the main roster a lot helps. It does mm. help. I'm yeah. to the conversation in maybe like five to seven years when we're sitting here and going, is Dominic Mysterio better than Ray ever was? Because that question will come around one day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I've never seen... I believe he was heel in WCW at one point, but I've never seen Rey Mysterio uh, as a heel, so I don't know how that would work. Dominic so, certainly is um, doing well. So you you talk about dying on hills and stuff. I'm already going to say, as a character, Dominic is better than Ray because I because Ray oh, absolutely. Like, tell me what, tell me what Ray's character is other than I'm I, I'm. I'm a fantastic. I'm the best ever luchador, without a doubt. I'm really small, and I'm really good at fighting from underneath and being the underdog. Like that. That's all is, and that's all the promos always are. Like there's not. Yeah. There's not any. And again, mm-hmm. that's absolutely no hate towards Rey Mysterio whatsoever. Absolute deserved Hall of Famer, legend, all this stuff. But yeah, I I think Dom is a better character than Rey. They've never really let them uh, have be... any extra layers beyond I've got a mask and I'm very fast and athletic and you know that they never let yeah. them do more mm. than that. No. Mm. Do you know what would be really funny is you know sometimes when they do like the um info, like when like superstar comes out or whatever, and like they've they've done Charlotte Dirty with it before where they've had like daughter of Ric Flair or whatever. It'd be really funny if Ray came out and it was like father of Dominic Mysterio. <laughs> <laughs> well what they need to do is have uh you know i remember that segment that um dominic did backstage was like uh do you ever think you'll reunite with your father it's like well you know i'll hope so one day but uh you know he's in heaven right now rest in peace eddie <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's strange because he looks like eddie guerrero to me i feel like he looks like yeah the mullet helps. The mullet yeah. is, is very Eddie-ish. <laughs> He's, um, now I, I know this is going to sound really weird because he always wears a mask, but obviously we've seen him without a mask. But he's definitely, he's got like raised like cheekbone and like all that sort of condition, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've got those pictures on uh, viral going around of him with Dominic without his mask on. Obviously, because, you know, Oscar Gutierrez and his son are actually... You know, still get on, uh, contrary to popular belief. <laughs> you know, um, but it is, it's one thing about Rey Mysterio, like he could walk about and you probably wouldn't know it's him just because people, not many people remember what he looks like. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I always find that interesting. Like Kane, for example, he would be able to walk around and no one would know who it is at one point. Obviously, now we do. But that's the perks of being a masked wrestler. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, El Generico, El Generico, just saying. Yes. Oh, yeah. Well, he knows Sammy's in quite well. He should get in contact with him. Um, right. So, it's Kevin Owens. <laughs> yes. Yes. He, <laughs> yes. Definitely, Keo. I can see the resemblance. Um, so we'll go on to the Grayson Waller effect first of all with Cody Rhodes as a special guest. 
Johnny, what do we make of this? We saw that Cody had an announcement. You know, he's a roundabout way of getting to it eventually. Um, what do we make of this announcement? Um, so the um, the announcement itself is incredible. Uh, there can only be one sort of reason why they kind of got Cody to do it, which I guess we'll get to later on. But the um, the actual announcement itself was incredible. Main event, Jey Uso, he's back by himself with a new theme. Uh, just me, Oos, down since day one, I think it says now, uh, which is great to hear. Yeah. Uh, back by himself, and he's on Monday Night Raw. Very first time he's gone on a... Well, it's not really the first time. They've, it is kind of where, like, they were always the connection of the Usos. Now it's like, no, it's just him. It is just him. It's not because Jimmy's injured. He's just by himself now. Um, and what do you think of this, Stu? I mean, I think, do we think the reason why is just to keep them away from each other till WrestleMania, or what's the the reason behind this, do you think? I I think there's a bit of both. I think it, it draws out the Jimmy J story, and, you know, they can, I predict, probably they're going to come together at the Rumble, and that's where we'll set off on towards Mania with them too. I think the the obvious reason that they've done this is so that they can do that. Someone needs to be traded to SmackDown job and we know who that's going to be and where that's going to go and what story is going to finish yeah. there. Um, <laughs> but yes. One, um, something that, that I thought and I, I feel that's his entrance from, um, from payback kind of, proved me right with what I what I'd said for a while was there was that we had that conversation a couple maybe a month a couple months ago about who was the most over person in the company because obviously LA Knight was doing his thing and is immensely popular and I've always said Jey Uso is the one that is the most over person at the moment because mm -hmm. because of the consistency of how long like LA Knight has been very popular for three four months there or thereabouts, give or take. Jay has been very, yeah. very popular for a long period of time. And that to me is when you're over, is when it's over a consistent amount of time. And that reaction when he was on the little rope or whatever, bouncing his hand up and down, and the whole crowd just going for it was nuts. just so good. That was ridiculous. <laughs> like so good. And yeah, I'm a I'm a huge Jay Uso fan. And I think I said it on the night when we were watching a payback if it's not chad gable and it's not john cena it is jay uso that that wins the ic title see i'd love to see that i'm i'm going down a different road i think that and i i think i might have said this to you boys and i've put it on tiktok as well i think at the rumble Jay wins the World Heavyweight Championship, whether that's from Seth or Damian Priest or whoever's got the belt at that time. I think Jay wins. I also then think that Jimmy wins the Rumble. And then you've got Roman as the undisputed Universal Champion still. And then Jimmy's got the choice. Do I want to fight Roman? Do I want to fight Jay? He ultimately picks Jay. And then they set off at Mania for the World Heavyweight Championship. Jay retains um, because they've given Jimmy the Rumble. And 
I hate to say it, but he is by by just by default, he is the lesser Uso. It's horrible mm-hmm. to say, but he is the lesser Uso, and he's not gonna beat Jay at WrestleMania for the title. But that that's how I would if I could book it, that is what I would book to happen. Yeah, I, I think that works uh, very well. Um and maybe Rikishi is the special guest referee. Yeah, that could happen. Imagine that extra layer there. Or Solo Sakura. I mean, like either way, it's like your actual Uso triple threat at Mania. Uso triple threat yeah. at Mania. <laughs> Jimmy J. Yeah, solo. Also, uh, one match that I, I did notice as well, just talking about Mania there, shout out to uh, Santi, because he created he did this video on YouTube. He mentioned that what you could do is have the Usos obviously fight each other, but then also Solo Sakura has a match with Brock Lesnar. Which would separate Lesnar from because you know helping out Cody Rhodes, he's now gained his respect. Helping Cody Rhodes have a uh, clear path to fighting Roman Reigns by himself with no interference, because Lesnar's already taken care of Solo. So there's something that you know he talked about that could happen, um, which I'd not be against. I think I'd like to see Solo win that match, but I mean I've got no problem with it. I've got no problem with seeing that match. I do have a problem with seeing who you just said Roman would be facing. I have a problem seeing that match again. Um, yeah, I think... Um, it's it's a shame that's the one that's season. nailed on. Yeah, it's a shame <laughs> that... Uh, uh, again, as you know my opinion on him, but um, I still... Yeah, they're, they're going to do it. <laughs> they are. But it's all right, because he's going to get cashed in on immediately after, and then all's right with the world. So anyway... Um, so, yeah, I personally think that Jey Uso... I'm happy with this. You see the crowd reaction, but I just wonder if they could have just kept it away till the Royal Rumble and then just went from there. I mean, it would be nice to see Jey so totally not connected to the Bloodline storyline, but I just, I don't know, could have given him a couple more months off, in my opinion. Mm. Yeah. But still, the I fan also, reaction says so it I, was, all. I was also just going to say, I really hope like they just don't do anything silly in terms of like we know it's Jimmy Uso we know it's Jay Uso we know they're not the Usos together anymore but let's not you know be calling one you know UCJ and like you know JU or anything like that do you know what I mean let's yeah, just Jimmy Uso they don't need new names or rebranding in that respect they do you know what I mean? Because that's just a very WWE thing to do to be like, oh, you know, let's try and forget that they're, you know, twins and that they've a former tag team and all that. Here's a new name for them. It's like, no, let's just let's just let them keep their names, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I should hope so. Yeah. Um, I'm happy with just, you know, the way they are right now. Both of them have new theme songs as yeah. well. Which one slaps more? Um I feel like Jimmy's because because Jay's is still very it's almost the same as what he had before. It's just the lyrics are a bit different and like the tempo might be slightly different. But Jimmy's is brand new, so I do kind of I, I do really like Jimmy's. However, the first time I heard it, I was like, "Is someone from Transylvania like debuting or something?" Because it's got that <laughs> bit right at the beginning yeah, yeah. Um, where it sounded really Eastern European yeah. kind of, and then obviously, yeah. Mm. But yeah, I would say Jimmy's at the moment. So far, I'm saying yeah. Jimmy's as well, yeah. Mm. Yeah. 
Well, Stu, the time's come for your moment here. The uh, Women's World <laughs> Heavyweight Championship match. Well, Women's World Championship. I say World Heavyweight Championship. I know it's not called that, but, you know, I, I'm used to that, really. But Rhea Ripley defending against Raquel Rodriguez, and I got this wrong, and they just had a, a match where, obviously, there was interference, but anyway, I'll leave you to it, Stu. What do we think? Um, Joe, you know, I I really enjoyed it. Um, obviously, because Rhea retained, um, and they just <laughs> b- brutalized each other. Um, I do think there were a couple of moments that were a little bit out, and I think there was probably some bits where you could kind of see that Raquel hasn't had a certain caliber of match yet or hasn't you know quite been in that spot just yet i think their nxt match was better um but it was a last woman standing you know no dq match you can be a little bit more there's a lot more freedom to to that um but yeah i i thought it was really good um obviously i backed Rhea to to win i think it was a nice a nice change of pace to see someone that was able to compete it physically with with Rhea and change that dynamic ever so slightly. Um, I do I do kind of wish, and this isn't just because it was Rhea. This is a pet peeve I have with WWE in general. Is like when they have someone that a heel who's a dominant heel like Rhea, like someone like Bobby Lashley or someone so. Because they're a heel, if they face someone that's there or thereabouts the same strength level as them, they suddenly turn into a child and can't like like can't do anything strong for a while. And it's like what that that doesn't make any sense to me. That really bothers me. Um but yeah, you know, decent, enjoyed it. I would say Rhea holds on at least till Mania now. Um but I'm hoping I I'd see these two go at it again just to, you know, Save it from being <laughs> <laughs> just, just again, just, just for that power dynamic. I, I don't think anyone has physically challenged Rhea and made you think that she's being physically challenged like Raquel did in this match. What do we think, Johnny? Um, yeah, I think Stu said it right in the in the podcast last week. Uh, right person, wrong time. Um, Rhea did. Uh, Raquel threw her about. She showed her that she's not the only only dominant person around and that she can be dominated and not do the dominating the whole time. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I wouldn't say like it was like amazing or, or revolutionary or anything like that. It was a it was a solid two women just battering each other around for, for 10, 15 minutes or so. And yeah, I enjoyed the match. Um, yeah, right person, wrong time. Uh, there's only a handful of people that, could go against Rhea and look like they're going to take the belt from her. And Raquel is one of those. Um, Shayna being another one. And as I said, built right Zoe. But um, yeah, I liked it. I did like it. Oh, good. Good, good. Um, Yeah, so Dominic obviously helped. And now there is a rematch in uh, next week on Raw between Raquel and Rhea. But it's still going to end up with the same result. But this time Raquel can't complain that she's been beaten because it'll be the same result where Rhea gets the win, I'm pretty sure. 
Um, surely they're not going to change the title on Monday Night Raw. Like this has been built up for such a long time. Still, they're not going to. They're not going to go. Oh yeah, she can lose the title on weekly television. Yeah, I I don't see it. I think um, it's much the same as you know if we were to see Seth Rollins in a title match on Monday Night Raw. Like I know with Seth, there's that chance of a cash in by by Priest, but the first ever champion, you know, women's world champion, world men's world, they're not gonna they're not gonna give that away on free TV like that. No. Mm-hmm. Unless, like I say, it's a cash in for for Priest because that adds a little bit of sort of drama to it. But no, I can't see it. And so um, were we sports entertained, first of all? Yes, yeah. yes, I was. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I did I did enjoy the match. As you were gonna say, Johnny, sorry. Um, I was just gonna say Raquel will complain when because uh, I know Dom's banned from ringside, but when the ref gets knocked down and then Dom comes down to help Rhea retain again, uh then yeah. then Raquel will complain again. And or JD will come down and help. Oh yeah. yes, yeah, of course, yeah. I don't it's the thing about the referees, obviously, you know, the classic trope is the referee gets knocked out, but now when you got women referees in the match with the men, like I guess they can't really do that. But obviously now you've got women referees like uh, Daphne, and if it's in a women's match, then her getting knocked down by a woman wrestler, you know, it, it's mm. it's fine. I would imagine, um, because obviously that's something that they used to always do. But it's a bit more difficult now to do that spot if it's you know Roman against someone and the referee's a woman. You can't really have her knocked out. I'm just saying I'm fine to take that bump if, you know, <laughs> if, sure if, if, yes. if, if we're to run into someone, Trips, if you're listening, I I will do that yeah. job. Like, don't don't worry about it. Rhea, Rhea, if you're listening, just just riptide him. Just please just give him a riptide. Make his life. Please. Yes. <laughs> He'll fly over to uh, He'll fly over to where you are right now, Orlando, I imagine is where you yep. probably live. And uh, he'll be over there in a flash. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know. Is it Orlando? Stu? Stu will know. Is it, is it Orlando? <laughs> <laughs> but um, so we have to, I don't know if you're um, able to pop your shoulder back in like Buddy Murphy was able to do, you know, just mm. randomly pop it in and continue wrestling. Like, I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't get injured in the first place. So, you know, it's just. <laughs> <I wouldn't. laughs> You're selling yourself now, Stu. There we go. Now. Hey, lads, book it. There's a forbidden door match. Buddy Matthews against uh, Stu Matos. Let me do it. And Rhea has to be the referee. Um, <laughs> all right, then. So we've had your favourite. We'll move on to Johnny's favourite. It is Seth Rollins against Shinsuke Nakamura for the World Heavyweight Championship. Johnny, go right ahead. First of all, that. Can we just take a second for the uh, opening vignette for Shinsuke? That was so good. So good. That was, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, that was proper, proper oh, heel like Nakamura, like at his best, like like J- mm. Japan Nakamura. And I actually said to you boys in the uh, in the chat, if they put Rollins and Nakamura in Japan and did this fight, it would still be great. It would be great wherever they wherever they mm. did it. Um. Yeah, I really enjoyed this match. Again, they were given a, a, a decent chunk of time, and it is only right to make this belt not seem secondary. That if the universal title isn't on the line, this should main event. I know we 
had a bit of chat saying maybe it should have been Becky Trish, but I'm glad they went with this because I feel like it deserved it. The match was, yeah, it was really great. A, a lot of it was was Shin just going for Seth's back over and over again, and the, it ended really weirdly. I think we we said this in the chat, didn't we? It had a it had a really weird sort of ending. Um, I backed Seth to win because I didn't in the previous, and I'm not going to go against him again. So there will be a prediction in the future that I get wrong because I'm never going to not say Seth now when he's defending. Yeah, uh, it looks like. Shinsuke might get another go, but I feel like the outcome is probably still the same again. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm obviously really happy that Seth retained. But yeah, I really enjoyed this match as well. It was really good. Yeah, Stu, what do we think? Yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, I, I enjoyed it. thought it was a really, really good match. Um, I thought, again, we, we said it and we spoke about it. I don't know if they ran out of time or you know didn't want to show a certain thing but you know we were we all said how commentary were saying how vulnerable Seth was and how hurt he'd been after this war that was been the perfect time for a cash in um but we mm-hmm. didn't get that but we got we did get Shinsuke attack him after it had gone off air so I, I'm not I don't really know why they waited till it had gone till it had gone off air um but yeah these two Fantastic chemistry, really good match, and I, I don't mind if they if they run it back again, so we get to see it again. And so, just sorry, just to say quickly as well. I think like just before this match, they actually showed Cena interviewing the Judgment Day, and at the end, Priest says he's like, "Oh, let's go celebrate." Which for me, that was a red herring, thinking, "Oh, he's not going anywhere. He's going to hang around because Seth's mm-hmm. about to fight." Yeah. But obviously. They they didn't pull that trigger. Thankfully, they didn't pull that trigger because <laughs> Seth should yeah. just be champion forever. Yeah, and it's uh, it's starting to look likely. Um, I mean, he's you know a Shield uh, brethren has been champion forever, so why not him? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, there was no cash in, as we know, and if that didn't happen, if we did have the cash in, we wouldn't have been able to see this new spanking new briefcase that he has so i'm glad that he didn't cash in for that reason um if you listen to the podcast last week uh people you will know where i think they should go with the briefcase and i still maintain that's what they should do um but damien priest i imagine has successful cash in whenever he does decide to go for it i'd be uh very very disappointed if he doesn't because obviously i'm a big fan of damien priest um but this match, yeah, very good. Seth's, uh, sorry, Shinsuke's opening vignette, as you mentioned, just beautiful. Yeah. It really was. Yeah. Uh, where do we see, do we see Shinsuke um, one and done here? Or is he going to be still in the main event for a little while? I think, I think he, he deserves this, this new character. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, yeah I think he does yeah, a baller and get against one more guy. Mm. Yeah, there was someone who came to mind. I forgot now, but I was just thinking about who Rollins could fight next. And uh, oh, yes, yeah, yeah. So uh, Stu's good pal Ricochet, I think, is next for Seth Rollins. Um, I'm so sorry to say it, but uh, on Raw this week, he was interacting with him a lot, and I'm like, why? Why is he here? And it feels like, are they going to turn Ricochet heel now? I, I often think that about Ricochet. 
<laughs> yes. Can we get some more love for Ricochet on this podcast, please? He's great. He's not. He just wait. He's great. He's not beating Seth. He's not beating Seth. He's not beating Seth. I, no. I really like Ricochet. I really like. And I do him. think Fastlane involves a triple threat match between Shinsuke, Ricochet, and Seth Rollins. That's where I'm going with it. And then Bronson Reed will come running down and knock out. Big Bronson Reed. Shit, uh, Ricochet. And <laughs> oh, then don't give, don't give Stu ideas now. Come on. Like, uh, <laughs> um, and take them both out and be like, I haven't forgotten about either of you. And then Seth will just yeah. pin one of them. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> oh, man, could you imagine a world where Ricochet becomes world heavyweight champion, Stu? <laughs> Uh, no, 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 I can't. No, but I tell you, if if um if if they did do a triple threat, it would be a uh, that would be an easy way for them to carry on because you could have Seth pin Ricochet, and then Nakamura be like, "Well, you didn't pin me, so look, I want you one on one again," and that just draws it draws it out a bit further. Yes, yeah. Um, so are we both sports entertained by this match. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, are you at all bothered by the no cash-in when it was kind of obvious that's one of you know the perfect time to do it? Is it uh, do you think it was a bad idea that they didn't cash in? Or um, no, because he has just won the tag belts that night, so he he did get gold yes. on the same night, just not not the world title gold. What I'd actually quite like to see is Priest win the world heavyweight championship while still holding the briefcase, like just earn opportunity. Mm. briefcase at the same time yeah that's definitely definitely not been done before that would be uh you know that'd be really mm. cool yeah because then if he loses he just like well i can just cash in yeah, right now exactly. immediately <laughs> and, and then um, he's, so a two, he's yeah. a two-time champion just like that yeah again it's all about which would be a really interesting like dynamic wouldn't it i'd enjoy that mm. Mm. yeah it's like i've become two-time world champion in like a night like that's uh That'd be really cool. Um, so that's your payback um, recap. And of course, we've got Fastlane coming up next, which hasn't been been on Fastlane since 2016, I think. And uh, it's be the first one. It's nice to have a pay-per-view name rather than just named after a match type, which is what we've become accustomed to. So I'm glad that we're doing this. Um, and as I say, there's my, there's my World Heavyweight Championship match prediction already. So <laughs> we'll go to Raw. And it starts the show off with the newest member of Monday Night Raw. It is uh, Gio. So I haven't got uh, a lot of points for Raw this week. I haven't like, gone into detail. But Gio mm-hmm. so now on Raw. So there we go. So um, is he going straight for Gunter now? Or is he going to have something else first? I don't know. I... I, I, I wouldn't mind seeing him something else first but that would just prolong gunther's reign um mm. I, I, you know maybe an ice like an icy title tournament or something you could maybe have chad versus jay in the final something like that i i think whatever jay's first feud he's gonna win it surely um you know the only the only way maybe could they go and i'm just thinking as we've been chatting Jay versus like some sort of IC title qualifier or tournament or something because I love a tournament. Jay versus Chad in the final 
and Drew comes out and costs Jay because we've already had Drew give that whole his family cost me something. Do you know what I mean? And then that mm-hmm. kind of that's another pathway for Jay to go down in a and have a bit of a feud. But I, I, I'm just happy to see whatever Jay does because I'm I'm a big fan. Yeah, for sure. You happy to see, see him, Johnny? I am. I am very happy to see him. Very happy to see him, and on Raw as well. Um, Raw is always seen like SmackDown might actually be better, but Raw is often seen as the like the flagship show, like the be all and end all, isn't it? But um, mm. I wonder if they sort of run a storyline where he has to like pay pay for all his family's mistakes, like everyone they've ever wronged. So like he'll go against Drew, then he could go against Riddle and anyone else that's. Shin, not Shinsuke. Uh, I don't know why I've still got Shinsuke on the brain. And um, he could have a little bit of a thing with Seth, but not for the title. Just like, yeah, just to to get him going. But yeah, just anyone that's ever been wronged by the bloodline, he could potentially have to go against. But he's also got an intriguing offer from uh, Dominic Mysterio, hasn't he? As well, so uh, he does. That's uh, true. I don't think he's going to take it, but yes, uh, he's he absolutely does. not going <laughs> to take it. <laughs> But anyway, yes, so we do have a tag match as well, which was uh, it was nice to see the actual tag team win the match. So Viking Raiders, with help, of course, but it was a, a tornado tag match. Viking Raiders against Matt Riddle and Drew McIntyre. Thanks to Kofi Kingston, who accidentally cost them the match. Viking Raiders get the win, and people are talking about a Drew McIntyre heel turn. But I just wonder if it's a New Day heel turn. I know Kofi's by himself. But it would be him and Javier Woods, maybe Big E, but again, he won't get a heel reaction at all if he was to come back. But I just wonder if it's like, are they going to really go with Drew McIntyre? Because he's pissed off. He's not happy, yes, but he's got a reason to be angry because he's been cost the match. And Kofi's like, oh, I'm sorry. It's uh, I'm really, really sorry. And I'm just like, I don't buy it, you know. I really don't. I'm also, I'm really glad in a way that they like the way drew worded it in the sense of he was like you know oh it's just such a coincidence that you did this this week after what happened last week because the amount of time stuff like this happens in wwe and it's just kind of swept under or swept out like swept over and like yeah drew the way drew played it i did quite enjoy Mm -hmm. yeah so that whole thing there, I just I feel like it's obvious with Drew McIntyre, and it would work, of course. I think he does need a heel turn. But Johnny, would you be uh, all right with a new day heel turn here? I would. I think I'd probably. I was thinking as you were saying it, what's what would be better to see a new day heel turn or because he's the Scottish warrior now, isn't he? So bring back the Scottish psychopath, I guess. Um, and I, I think I'd prefer to see the New Day heel turn. If if I could choose one of the two, I'd pick the New Day heel turn. And um, like we say, we've said before, um, they were never meant to be this big popular trio, were they? They were meant mm-hmm. to be sort of like jackasses that no one really cared about. So, I mean, Xavier Woods has got every reason in the book to turn heel. Yes. Uh, nothing's ever gone his way. Um, yeah. 
he could turn heel on Kofi and you could see why he would do that and it would make sense for him to do that. But if they want to keep them as a tag team and turn them heel, yeah, I'm, I'm fine with it. Yeah, definitely. I think just New Day needs some kind of refreshing thing to happen. They've just, it's been the same shtick for years and that's fine, but I think like they need something because when they come out, obviously I still think they're the best tag team in WWE history, but at the same time, it's like, here we go again, they're back again, and it's like, you know, and I shouldn't be thinking that about a team that I like. That's a that's a big claim. That's a mm. big claim. Honestly, more than you, so I think New Day is better. Oh. <laughs> that's, do, that's, I, I, that's big talk. That's big yeah, talk. Yeah, I imagine it's between one of them and the Hardy Boys and maybe the Dudley Boys when it comes to, like, the top team of all time. I think that's the conversation. Uh, um, I'd put Edge and Christian in there as well. Okay. Are we forgetting the outlaws? Ah, um, oh, yes. Yeah, of course. Um, who, who, who are my favourite team the whole time? I, I guess, I guess, biased again here because I've just said Edge and Christian, but I also don't think you can have the conversation without talking about rated RKO. Mm, they didn't do, and um, they didn't do very much, but they certainly had a big impact. I'll say, mm. yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there's a debate for uh, the, the podcast as well, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, the greatest tag team of all time. Yeah. Yeah. Tag um, team specials, look out for it. Absolutely. <laughs> I can't wait for that. But talking of greatest of all time, we have uh, a record-breaking moment here. Now, obviously, Chad Gable fan would love to have seen Chad win, but realistically, I knew that wasn't going to happen. And especially after that trio of moves right at the end to win the match from Gunter. Which was sensational stuff, and that is why he is the best wrestler in the world right now. So, Gunter's uh, favorite uh, fanboy here. It is well, we're all fanboys of Gunter, but I know particular Stu, you love Gunter, so I do love Gunter. Yes. Yeah, I just it's just like there, there isn't a part to wrestling or sports entertainment that Gunther can't do other than, you know, I wouldn't be expecting Gunther to be hitting, you know, moonsaults or flipping off the top rope or anything like that. But just... Because he's not Wardlow. Because he's not Wardlow, yeah, obviously. Um, but just the, yeah, the the psychology that he brings behind it and just the... He just looks like someone that is really going to hurt you. And, you know, mm. them kind of... He to to have he could end a match with a chop, and you wouldn't you know you wouldn't be sitting there sitting thinking that's a weak finisher, like it's just it's just brutal. Um, yeah. And yeah, that that end that end sequence. Um, like Gunther, I think has this really good ability to, and I think we said it after the. Night of Champions, possibly, against Mustafa Ali, where we were never, ever in doubt that Gunther was going to win the match. But his opponent got a little bit of offence in, and there's just something in your head that's like, oh, Gunther's taking a lot of damage here. He's selling a lot here. There could be something here. And then he, you know, fires back with a like a chop and a power bomb and a clothesline and this. It's all she wrote, but I just, yeah, I, yeah. I think he is, he is up there with one of the best performers on the planet right now. 
it, in my top three right now, without a doubt. And Johnny, uh, what do you think? What? He threw the man on his head. He yeah. threw him on his head. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, if there is, well, that was concerning. It was... <laughs> yeah. If there's, if there's one wrestler I would never want to get in the ring with, I would take a tombstone from the Undertaker. I would take a choke slam from Kane. I would take a double clothesline from MJF and Adam Cole. I never want to take a chop from Gunther. He is a madman possessed. He is so impressive, so offensive. Like you said, the what was it? Was it was it that on his head? Then a power bomb. Then got him up and clotheslined him. Is that yeah. it? Was that the finish? Was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. no one, no that beats that beats Roman Reigns for the undisputed Universal Championship. That trio of moves takes the belt from Roman and takes it clean. I'm so happy that he's won the, uh, not won the belt, that he's broken the record because he deserves it. I just now worry that WWE might do something very lazy here um, with the, uh, I we'll, I know you're probably going to mention it in a minute, but the um, the trade-off where SmackDown needs someone, if it isn't someone whose roads leads to, all roads lead to WrestleMania, if it's not that person, I don't want them to say, Oh, it's you, Gunther, but unfortunately you can't take the title with you. Because I think that's lazy. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. well, it is it is lazy, but then it does also protect him as well because he was never beaten for it. So I I it's, it's, he's, only, down... he's only just went to uh, Raw though as well. Mm. But yeah, it, it's it's something that Vince might do. Triple H maybe not, but um yeah, uh, the, the record itself, massive congratulations to him. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. you know, we're living in a history-making moment, guys. The Intercontinental Championship record has now been smashed by Gunter. Just a real a real quick one. I know there's a couple of other bits that we want to we wanna discuss. Um, oh. and, and this is probably a longer debate for another day. Is So, obviously, Gunther is the longest reigning Intercontinental Champion of all time. Does that automatically make him the best intercontinental champion of all time or is he still got a way to go to be because he's in my view i would probably have two people above him currently possibly three it might be a harsh three jericho would be one okay and I'm going to say it, The Miz would be the other. Because I think before Gunther made it the working title that, and made it prestigious, The Miz was the one that did it before him. Um, mm. And I also think Dolph Ziggler needs to be in that conversation as well. But I would probably put, probably put Gunther ahead of Dolph, maybe. But I, 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 do you know what I mean? I just, like I say, I think it's probably a... Longer debate for another day, but I just wondered what your immediate thoughts were on it. As he's the longest, does that make him the best? Um, I would put the Miz second, Jericho third, but I do think Gunther is the greatest intercontinental champion we've ever seen. Yeah, I would have to say he's definitely in that conversation again. You know, Jericho's won it nine times, but that means he's lost it nine times. 
you know, Gunter's had it once, yeah. held it for well over a year and a half. Um, and I don't think he should win it again. Gunter is, yeah, there is no one who tops it for me. We've got one more topic to cover, and it is, of course, AW has one less employee on the payroll, a small subjective. Philip Brooks has now been fired by AW, which really shows how things must have been getting backstage if Tony Khan is firing his uh, one of his golden boys, essentially, because he knows how much of a draw he is. So, um, guys, what's your thoughts on this? I kind of never expected it to happen, to be honest. I I think it shows a real lack of um, lack of leaders backstage for it to ever get to where it got to. Um, I also think it highlights that punk I, for someone as successful and as talented as punk has been and is there has to be something in him like i don't understand how he can be so angry at the world that he that it gets to situations like this um and i think that's always going to be a black mark over him because you know and i never thought i'd be depend defending jack perry ever i i, I don't know how this has happened um, but quite honestly, Jack Perry has obviously had that spot cleared with with Tony Khan, who is the boss. It is his company; it's his decision. If Jerick, if uh, sorry, if Punk is that veteran and that locker room leader, and you know what was that comment he made at the All Out conference that he like he works with children something so he obviously yeah. feels, sees so himself better than that yeah he obviously sees himself as not a child and as a mature grown-up yet when someone makes a childish comment like the crime era punk's reaction is to throw his toys out the pram and get into a backstage confrontation and refuse to refuse to go out and have to be talked into going out by Samoa Joe, if report if we believe reports, um, then he goes and puts on a hell of a match, one of the best matches at All In, which proves what he can do. Um, and I just, yeah, I I just think that he is he's always going to have these black petulant marks over his career now, um, and I don't see where he goes. If I'm completely honest. Um, I think he might get some he might get some dates somewhere. You know, he would get a big reaction in Impact. He would get a a reaction if he went to Japan, but I don't think these companies will offer him two, three year contracts because I he, you know, Tony Khan gave him a brand, his own brand and a, a world title and he still couldn't just get over his own ego in a nutshell for yeah. for me. But I did a video about it. I don't dislike CM Punk. I just, I don't understand the attitude and his way of thinking. If that makes sense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Doesn't do himself any favours. Mm. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. 
What do you think, Johnny? I mean, CM Punk's a law unto himself, isn't he? He does whatever he wants to do, whenever he wants to do it, and no one will ever tell him otherwise. And when you've got a boss and you're the employee, that's that's never going to work because it just can't. I love CM Punk, but, and I said this to you boys earlier, if he didn't overinflate his own ego and he had never been surrounded by any controversy that he has in his life throughout his wrestling career, he'd be nowhere near as big as he as big as he is. Yes, his wrestling ability, he is great, but there are loads of great wrestlers that never go to the heights and stuff that they could have done. It's the it's his ego and it's his controversy that has got him to the point where he is. Saying that, I wouldn't be surprised. I think WWE are dumb enough to do it. They are dumb enough to offer him it. Just to say they were the one who, where he retired, where he had his last match, where he did his last this, his last that. I think WWE would pull pull that trigger. And I'd be okay to see it because he's not going to be around forever. Yeah, he's an absolute douchebag about things at times, but he is fun and entertaining to watch. Yes. I've always been a fan of watching CM Punk and I've said I've got a bit of a different view in the sense of I just feel like if this was anybody else who they're constantly reporting on every single thing, making him, you know, get his own train from the airport, doing all these things by himself, that would be considered like bullying someone. But CM Punk for some reason it's as if like ah but it's CM Punk so he can deal with it. Like but that's that's not how it works. Yeah, but all 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 AEW talent had to get their own all AEW talent had to get their own way to Wembley. It wasn't right. just punk. Okay. I was that, no, the no one had like the abandonment at the airport or something. No 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 one had specific like no one was met mm. by AEW officials or any anything like that. No no one was. Right. Okay. So um, um the the situation with Jack Perry, I mean I, I don't know, like I don't know the whole thing, but I just feel like was it not a case of he's trying to help him, being like you shouldn't use real glass because Tony Khan will let you do whatever you want, and I'm not sure if he is the ideal person to listen to for advice when it comes to things in the ring. And I just wonder, CM Punk's frustrated because this young guy who won't listen to the veteran because you know he's a young wrestler who knows better, and I think Jack Perry could have at least you know listened to a veteran who's done it for twenty years. Um, exactly, exactly like Punk's have done in WWE when he didn't. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah, absolutely. Again, like, and, and again, it, this is probably going to come across like I'm really glad Punk got fired, and I dislike CM Punk. I, but that's not true. I do really like Punk. I just, as as Jay said, he's a law onto himself, and you know he will always do the, you know the different thing and he will always beat, you know, you know, walk to the sound of his own drum and all, all this stuff. But I just think for me, if you've gone on a big rant about how you, you know, you work with children and you're better than that. And, you know, you're putting up with all these things and you're a veteran and all this stuff, hold yourself to a higher standard. And if you've got a problem, like, 
manage that problem in a better way than what he did. Um, yeah. Because ultimately, you know, we've spoke about it a little bit before. All of all of the things that have happened over the last 18 months or so involving CM Punk, there are 100% rights and wrongs on both sides. 100%. And the thing is, Punk has come back. He's been given his own brand. He's been given all this stuff. And he still can't not get embroiled in some sort of controversy. So it immediately looks like he is the problem. Irrelevant as to whether mm-hmm. he's right or wrong, people are just going to be like, oh, there's more drama involved in CM Punk. We're not even going to look at the full story with just Sim CM Punk's name there. So I mm-hmm. don't think he helps himself in a lot of situations. Mm-hmm. However, what I will say as well is um, marching to the beat of a different drum and going your own path isn't always necessarily a bad thing. It's not a Absolutely bad thing not. at all to, to to go your own path, and I kind of, I in in the last instance, I do kind of feel sorry for CM Punk because I feel like Jungle Boy has kind of like goaded him into it because Punk's gonna bite, and Jack Perry knew that he knew that he would bite, he knew that he would get the reaction like you do to me, Stuart. He's gone fishing. And he, he's got he's got what he wanted. He's got exactly what he wanted. And whether that's Punk being stupid and not using his head to realise that that is what inevitably Jack Perry was trying mm. to do. But no, you like you really and truly, like you said, Tony Khan's going to be do let you do whatever you want to do. But CM Punk's right. You should you shouldn't be mm. using real glass. Mm. You shouldn't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but but again, that's the issue. Punk is actually, like you say, probably 90 to 95% right in this case. However, if he has an issue with it, he needs to take it up with his boss that has allowed this to happen rather than trying to choke out Jack Perry in the back and reacting to a petulant comment from Jack Perry. And then refute, you know, do you know what I mean? Like that, and I think a lot of it is also Tony Khan not being strong enough to, like, no, like you say, no one expected Tony Khan to be strong enough to let, like, to release CM Punk. Like, we didn't think that was going to happen. Um, well, if but if Punk starts choking out Tony Khan, he's def- Tony Khan's definitely not strong enough for that. <laughs> no, no, but do, do you know what I mean? Like, it's just sort of, yeah. like, yeah, I... Had had this had Tony Khan not tried to be best friends with all of his talent right from the off, would there be these situations? Because I I swear, and again, I could be wrong, but and someone will probably tell me I am. I swear, over the last three four years, I have heard more backstage like dirt sheet dramas and rumors and fights from AEW than I have in the last 10 years of WWE. Like, I, they I just, the it, it just seemed... I can give you a reason why. It's because all of those uh, wrestling journalists are allowed backstage in AEW and WWE only allow, like, ex- you know, very, you know, until recently, 
But they used to, you know, you don't go backstage in WWE where these Tony Khan wants to be everybody's friend. So Dave Meltzer, Brian Alvarez, Mike Johnson, you know, whoever else, I don't know their names, but they're all allowed information where WWE very private about that. Mm. Um, I think there is backstage drama in WWE, but you don't know about it. Oh, there is. And yeah, there is also, um, you know, the people backstage resolve it immediately. You know, the whole wrestlers court thing. But with AEW, it just feels like, yeah, of course, it's the best job they've ever had because they get paid ridiculous amounts of money to do what they want. Yeah. So. <laughs> and 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 that's that that's that's what I mean. Like, and again, I'm not I'm not comparing any instance, you know, word for word or incident for incident. But roll this back four or five years ago, and like someone makes some newcomer makes some sort of comment like that around like taker or someone like that that's ha- it's handled very very differently and I, and I don't yeah. I don't think there is anyone strong enough in the AEW locker room to manage them problems um I so mm. I know Joe kind of talked punk down and thought you know did all that stuff but is you know I, I, I just yeah I don't think that there's the the strong enough personality or no i think there's strong personalities backstage at AEW. i think that's the problem there's not that one mm. person I, I think that should be jericho that has to come down to someone like jericho surely it has to or why aren't why haven't they got someone like paul white or mark henry doing that job yeah yeah mm. like yeah. proper veterans of the game they've been around they've seen it all They've done it all. But let's also not forget, you're saying four or five years ago. Four or five years ago, Punk was retired and said that he would never, mm. ever do this. Ever, He never wanted yeah. to do mm. this again. He never yeah. wanted yeah. to be there in the first place. So mm. it's, it's, it's a tough one. But I, I don't think we've seen the last of him. I don't think I we've think seen the last of Phil Brooks. He Absolutely. has been strangely quiet. Well. Yeah, oh, you'll come out on the podcast. Obviously, he hasn't got Cole Cabana's podcast to rant on this time. Um, well, if he wants to, is he going to, are we getting on here? Should we, on we get to CM Punk yeah. on snapbacks and beards? Should we, we see what his fee is? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, if you really want the story out there, Punk, do it for free, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. But no, um, I think as well that WWE love being like, oh, I told you so. You know, and I mentioned this in the video about it. I might, I don't know how I released this one, but anyway, talking about how Triple H would love to be like, see, I knew you'd be back. I told you, you know, and he'd be like, see, I told, I knew Punk would be back. I knew he would be. And let him have that little badge of honor going, see, I told CM Punk he'd be back. He wouldn't believe me, but here he is. And it's like, if you still love wrestling, which I don't know if he does, but if he did and he wants to bring, give back to the fans, then I just think naturally he should pick up the phone and talk to Paul. Um, I don't think you will, but mm. you know, it is interesting. I have seen on social media a couple of um interviews that Stone Cold did on his older podcast that he did with Vince and with with Trips, and asked about Punk. You know, this was after he'd left pre pre EAEW post WWE, and both Vince and Trips said, you know, hopefully we could work. You know work together again down the line if you know if that was saying so now that i suppose there could be that sort of well put your money where your mouth is you've you've said you would work if you could work it out 
you know, this this would be the time to work it out if they were going to do it. Um, I just, uh, it's a big gamble, in in my view, a big big gamble. Um, mm. That that's that's either going to you're either going to get a sensational payoff, or you're going to get a lot of issues, one or the other. I I think you could end up having both. Well, yeah, there's that. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it could it could work out for anyone. And um, slight tangent, but Phil Brooks is actually in a film that I watched on Netflix. Don't know if you guys have seen it. I, th- I think it's called Girl on the Third Floor, and he's the main I've character. I've and seen I, the, I think it, yeah, I've seen the trailer. Um, I think it's a great film. So if you haven't seen it, anyone listening, go and watch it. I really enjoyed okay. it. Yeah, I saw that and I noticed there was uh, German Shepherd in it. I'm like, oh no, I don't know if I can watch this. <laughs> if there's a dog in it, I'm like, oh no, it's a horror film. There's a dog in it. That's oh. <laughs> um, fantasy booking would be for me if you're going to bring him back, have him face Seth Rollins for the World Heavyweight Championship WrestleMania Night One. He called him a cancer to wrestling. Like, all right, well the cancer's back, Rollins, and he's coming for you. But, you know that. Because again, he referred to him as a cancer of wrestling. There's a natural storyline there already where apparently, I presume it sounds like Kobe Lopez doesn't like Phil Brooks very much. So then you've already got that natural hatred towards each other. Um, you had Edge and Matt Hardy do the same thing. One of the best storylines WWE have done in years because there was a natural already dislike there. And I just feel like if he's going to have a match, even if it's just one, Seth Rollins should be his opponent. I agree completely agree i would love to see that and i love seth but i wouldn't really care who won that match because i just think it i'd just be like so invested in the match itself mm-hmm. i think Rollins. i think our punk would be happy if it's the main event that's why i say main event of night one because mm-hmm. he wants that that's what main event, wants. Right? yeah uh, i don't think he'll i don't think he'll mind if he loses if he gets that main event you know i think he'd be quite happy with that mm. yeah um, but the Vanda mean... series is in chicago could we see him return up there would you, and I, I guess I don't know this. Do you have a no compete if your contract is terminated? I don't think CM Punk would even give a shit if he had no. Well, no, no there, I don't think is, I mean, he would care. I mean, he he could turn up. He wouldn't have turning he, up he, is not competing. He he could he, turn up and be like, put me on TV. Hmm. And yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I can definitely it, see it, that. He'll buy a ticket. He'll just sit in the crowd. But, yeah. Would you want to hear... Um, imagine he does buy a ticket. Uh, that's the sort of thing CM Punk would do, actually, is just buy a ticket. Just as, And he would buy the front row. To, he would buy Green Shirt Guy's ticket and just sit he'd there. He'd sit There's next to Green Shirt Man. If he's, paid, if he's paid his entry, they can't, they can't refuse him entry, surely. No, no, but so. they might ask him to move seats away from the camera. Yeah. Mm. Um. Oh, what was I going to say? I cannot remember, so don't worry. As you <laughs> Again, I I still I'm glad to say that I saw CM Punk's last match in AW. Whether it's his last match in wrestling altogether or what, we don't know yet. But we got to see it. And yeah, you know, and, it, and it was very good. Time. Yeah, very good. It was very Again, good. You know, the funny thing is, if that's his last match, I couldn't think of a better opponent for him to be the last opponent than mm-hmm. Samoa Joe, who he's already got a massive history with. 
Um, and that would be the perfect way to go if that was his last match. Yeah, and I uh, and I also have the uh, the last T-shirt that AEW ever made for CM Punk as well. I bought that at the event. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but that's pretty much all we've got today. Um, yeah, guys, thank you once again for being on the podcast as always. Stu, uh, where can we find you on your socials? So I've got my wrestling Instagram which is that wrestling gram where I mainly just upload bits about the podcast and any photos from when the three of us get together. But my main social is my TikTok, that wrestling guy at TWG 1991, where I release regular wrestling content. It isn't quite daily yet, but it's getting there. And I am slowly on the road to 5k. And Johnny, where can we find you on social media? Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram at JE WrestleGram uh, and on TikTok at JE WrestleTok, where you will find all my daily wrestling content. That was almost a lie the other day, um, but it is still daily wrestling content. And Christian Cage is one of the best heels in professional wrestling. Thank you. <laughs> yes, and uh, I will totally agree. Turtleneck Christian Cage is wonderful. He is just like the best one, of, you know, he's a menace. Where he's one of the best signings. So, I mean, Chelsea's one that we have to get her in the show. I just have to mention Chelsea at some point because otherwise, mm-hmm. you know, we're contractually obligated to mention her. Best signing yeah. Triple H made. Um, and I'd argue he is one of the best signings that Tony Khan has made. And I remember mm-hmm. being like, uh, he's all right. But now it's like, yeah, you know what? Yeah, you, you suit that role so well. And uh, AW, they need a father figure. That's what they need. <laughs> <laughs> the Christian Cage can be that father figure yeah. if he wants to be of course Absolutely. and uh, yeah, i am uh, of course johnny goldsmith you can find me on tiktok as well johnny goldsmith on there johnny underscore goldsmith underscore on instagram um try to use that a bit more that uh now but still very much active on tiktok so yes thank you guys once again thank you everyone for listening and uh well we'll see you next week <laughs>